Hello everyone, thank you for listening and watching the Football Betting Podcast. I'm your host Tom Pipkin, joined by my co-host as ever, Tom Walker. This is your home for tips, insight and discussion on English football's top four leagues. A bit of a different show up for you today. We're going to go through uh, League 1 and League 2 because we don't have Premier League games and we don't have Championship games uh, because of the international break. And we're going to do a Premier League state of play. So I'm excited to dive into this particular show, Tom. Yeah, uh, we are making something of not a lot (laughs) of what we've been given. But yeah, it's going to be really fun to... To just kind of overview, you know, most Premier League teams have played seven, six games now, so we'll have a little look at that. Uh, yeah, a, a decent helping of, of League One and, and League Two. I mean, you know, we're, we're pretty hot on League Two at the moment, betting-wise, and, and it's worked out that that's the only league that's going uh, full tilt this weekend. So, uh, yeah, should be a, a, a unique and exciting show, I think. Yeah, as ever, we are sponsored by uh, Matchbook.com. And we'll tell you a little bit later on in the show how you can get yourself a £30 money back as a free bet sign-up offer. Uh, so do stay tuned for that one. And all odds we're going to read out on the show today will be taken from Matchbook. So the first 15 or so minutes, we're going to look through our Prem state of play. We're going to talk through you know, the, the current leaders, who's doing well, the top four, the team struggling, etc., and then after that, we'll have a look through League One and League Two tips and bring you a treble for this week. Um, so, Tom, we'll start right at the top, shall we, of the Premier League. Arsenal and Manchester City and Spurs. So, Arsenal currently on 18 points, Man City on 17, Tottenham also on 17. Um, despite Arsenal and Spurs starting well, um, for me, and uh, I'm interested to hear your thoughts it's looking pretty inevitable, I think, that Man City will win the league this year at a canter. Yeah, massively. Massively. I think, you know, credit to Arsenal and Tottenham. I really hope that they push Man City all the way. And I'd actually love it if one of them did win the league. But let's be honest here. You know, we are dealing with an absolute footballing freak in Man City. They've got... <laughs> The most money, they've got the best manager, they've got the best players, uh, they've evolved from last season. There's, there's now a new threat in Erling Haaland who has taken the Premier League for a ride, basically. Uh, yeah, loving what Arsenal and Tottenham are doing and long may it continue. But yeah, yeah. City, I think the cream will rise to the top. Uh, in terms of Arsenal and Tottenham, I suppose, just want to see how they fare in those big games against each other. You know, I, I know Liverpool and Chelsea are a bit further down than where they'd like to be at the moment, but games against those, Man City home and away, you know, uh, I just want to see how that all plays out, essentially. Um, so, yeah, really excited how the top of the table started. Yeah, because I suppose, you know, look at Arsenal, six wins from seven games. Um if we're being a bit critical of Arsenal, we could say that their opening run of fixtures has been fairly kind. Um, the one loss they've got in there is, is against Manchester United. And the games they've got coming up now over the next few weeks in the run-up to the World Cup, I think will be really interesting for the reasons you mentioned. Um, they've got to play Spurs. They've got to play Liverpool. Uh, they've got to play the mighty Nottingham Forest. They've got to play Chelsea. Um, so they've got some tough games you know, over the next 
six, seven weeks. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because that's what we want to see from Arsenal, isn't it? We want to see them go, go to the next level and start to beat more consistently teams at the top of the Premier League. And we're talking that, you know, the classical top six teams mm. there because already this season they've come up against one and they've lost one. So, you know, we just need to see them take that step because we know they're good at beating the lower lower and mid-table Prem teams. They do it. They do it for breakfast, don't they? But yeah, um, yeah that'll be interesting. Yeah, really excited to see how, how that plays out, mate. And then moving into the Champions League race and Canada, you know, it, it feels like a bit of a disconnect. It's only four points, but it feels like a bit of a disconnect to me between uh, Tottenham and, you know, we've got Brighton in fourth, Manu, Fulham, Chelsea, Liverpool. Obviously, it's really early. And in, in the case of Man United, Chelsea and Liverpool have only played six games. Who do you see? Do you see Arsenal, Man City and Tottenham finishing the top four? And then if so, who do you see joining them? Because, you know, if Arsenal and Tottenham can continue this, I think most people had one of them, if not both of them, missing out. And if they're both going to be mm. in, that means that, you know, we're, we're going to have a top four without maybe Liverpool, Chelsea or, or Man U. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, um, I think they can continue it. I don't see why not. Certainly, don't see why not. Um, there's a lot more stability in in Arsenal and Spurs than there currently is at, at Chelsea and Liverpool. Um, I feel like I know what I'm going to get from both of those sides week in week out more so than than Chelsea and Liverpool. If you put me on the spot and say who could I see missing out, oh. It, it's tough, isn't it? It's really tough. Really um, tough. The thing is with Liverpool, you, because they've been so good for for a number of years now, I always feel like they'll, you know, they're going to turn it around and they're going to come good and they'll string about six, seven, eight wins together at some stage of the season. Um, Chelsea, I don't know. Are they lacking that focal point up front? Aubameyang, for me, not the best signing. Um, is he the answer to, to the goals that they need? I really want Chelsea to succeed, mainly because of the Graham Potter factor. But um, I don't know if that's kind of clouding my judgment of them. And then, and then Manchester United—they've looked good in the last four games. You know, Ten Hag's implementing his style of play. His his players that they brought into the club are, are starting to play well. And for once, they're looking up. I don't know, mate. You could make a case for any three of them, to be honest. To, yeah, to take I mean, for me. Spot. For me, I think Chelsea are the ones that will miss out. Uh, and I hope that doesn't harm Graham Potter because I'm the same as you. Obviously, I want a, a young English manager in charge of a super club to do well. I just feel like they are the most all over the place, uh, both on and off the pitch. Uh, I'd love to see what a, a Potter team is going to look like. But, you know, a lot of the signings don't really make sense to me. And, you know, can he work it into a fluid machine, not 100% sure. Man United, you know, looking good recently, for sure, um, with, you know, Casemiro to to step in and, and really kind of cement a, a place in that team. Obviously, he's been on the fringes initially. Uh, Anthony as well, you know, how good will he be? We're not 100% sure. And, you know, United's clearly, I mean, the headlines are Maguire and Ronaldo out and, 
results improve and Luke Shaw, sorry, results improve. You know, is that sustainable? We've seen United blow up time and time again. And Liverpool, I haven't seen, I mean, I was going to say I haven't seen Liverpool play this bad in a while, but it was actually only a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it, uh, where they had all those injuries and they were a shadow of of the side under Klopp. They, mm. they looked very unlikely to me at the moment. I'd, I'd honestly probably go for United at, at, at this point to, to finish fourth, but who knows. Uh, okay, Tom. Couple of surprise packages then. T- tell me how you see the the future of the following teams, and whether you think they'll continue to trend upwards and and threaten those European spots, or if you think that they might fade away a bit. So we got Fulham in sixth, uh, we've got um, Brighton in fourth, as I mentioned, and we've got Brentford in ninth. So I just want to focus on those three teams at the moment, and you know I don't know if you want to take one and, and pass it along. But yeah, just want to focus on the three overachievers without being rude. Yeah. Um, Brighton, for me, I <laughs> bit of an anomaly, isn't it? Because their manager, I know next to nothing about. Mm. Roberto De Zerbi, if I've pronounced that correctly. I think so. Um, yeah, coming in from a time at Sassuolo in uh, Serie A and Shakhtar. Um Seems like he's been brought in because the way he plays, his style of football, um, his management style is is kind of similar to Graham Potter's. So it looks like the Brighton hierarchy have gone for continuity there, really. So in the hope that he can more seamlessly slot in and things can con- continue the way they're going. Um, if he can do that, Brighton... Definitely, for me, look, look good to finish in the top top eight, nine, ten. Um, Fulham, I think they've been very impressive so far. I don't think they'll finish in the top ten once it's all shaken out and we come towards the end of the season. Certainly don't think they're going to go down. Um, but, yeah, if they finish, finish higher than kind of 11th, 12th, I'll be surprised. Um, I worry about them if they get... An injury to Mitrovic, I feel like so much goes through him. Um, and I know they scored three against Forrest and none of them were Mitrovic. But by and large, he's a talisman. He's the one they look to to get goals. Um, and if he got an injury, then I'd worry for them on the goal-scoring perspective. Um, and then Brentford, yeah. Um, I think if they finish top 10, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I agree. Brentford, for me, are, of the three, the most likely to, to finish in that top 10. Obviously, they've got an England international now up front, Ivan Tony, who I rave about <laughs> every single week. Uh, he's got a great support cast and a you know a solid back line to, to build on, Thomas Frank. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Brentford, home and away, will give a lot of teams uh, issues. They are the... Uh, fourth top goal scorers in the league with 15 goals. Uh, so clearly, um, you know, they know where the back of the net is and they can do some damage. And, and we saw last season and this season with obviously United game, they relish those big games. Kind of reminds me of Wolves uh, a couple of seasons back where they had a really decent competitive record against those top six sides. And, and that's how I see Brentford as well, which is only going to, uh, help them out. I, I echo what you say with Brighton. I think they've got a really good team still. 
Um, and, you know, I have zero reason to think this manager won't be good. Uh, you know, I trust the process at Brighton. You know, I think they recruit managers and they recruit players to fit a style of play that, that should be pretty seamless, whether the manager is, you know, manager A, B or C. It shouldn't matter too much. Uh, but of course, we'll see. And then Fulham. Yeah, Tom, I, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, they, My only issue is, and obviously I've done a little bit of research here, they got the second worst XG against uh, so far this season. They're outperforming it quite drastically um, by almost three goals. It's only better than Nottingham Forests, um, who obviously everyone knows are struggling at the moment. Um, in terms of goals in the back of the net, you know, if you're not like a XG person, totally understand. It's 11 conceded, so it's pretty middle packish. Uh, for context, it's actually the same amount of, as Brighton in fourth position, but I'd like to see them straighten out those numbers a little bit. Uh, and yeah, Tom, I mean, they're a newly promoted side. Of course, they're going to rely on a couple of individuals for that extra zip. I think uh, Mitro and Paulinho as well um, look really, really promising. And Tim Ream as well. Honestly, Tim Ream was not somebody I thought could hack it at this level. I thought. I thought it'd be one of the worst kind of starters in the league, to be honest with you. But he's he's been brilliant so far. So put him in that category. Yeah. Um, quickly touch on Newcastle. Um, how do we spin Newcastle's season so far? So they've played seven. Uh, they're in tenth position. One one. That was on opening day against Forest. Uh, drew five and lost one. So. Are we positive because they're not losing many games or should they be concerned that they're not winning many games? Uh, I'm not sure. I think they should just be happy where they are, to be honest. This is a third, like, let's remember, they only got their, they had Steve Bruce in charge, I think, this time last season, right? So mm, yeah, fighting yeah, relegation yeah. and, you know, this is, it might not be the most exciting season ever, but I think a season of, of building slowly and, and finishing mid-table and, you know, getting the occasional, not scalp, but they're shown in that Man City game, right, that they can mix it with the best on their day. And, you know, I think as long as the Newcastle fans have a bit of a bit of, uh, of a vision that this team could go on and, and uh, win more games than they lose, I think they'll be happy and I think they'll finish... You know, I can't see them dropping below 10th or going above 9th, to be honest. Okay. Um, how about the kind of middle of the pack then? Because we've got a few teams who were in pre-season tipped to potentially be relegated. So we've got Leeds in 11th, Bournemouth in 12th and Everton in 13th. And we could also, I guess, throw Southampton there in 14th. Um, they'll all be... Pretty happy, I think, with their starts to the season, especially teams like Bournemouth. Do you think it's sustainable? Uh, I I see Bournemouth eventually slipping, just personally, um, into the dogfight and being absolutely in the thick of it. Uh, to be mm -hmm. honest with you, um, Leeds, Leeds, I have been impressed with them. Uh, Rodrigo is not somebody I have a lot of faith in. I've said it on the pod. Uh, numerous times, I, I think he's a he's a purple patch player. Uh, I know fantasy 
managers were jumping on the back of him when he when he was on his run before he got injured. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he didn't score again this season. Uh, and then you know you're looking at attacking midfielders to chip in Patrick Bamford trying to get back to to his form. I see Leeds slipping a little bit to be honest with you, and Southampton same again. I, I see them uh, still being vulnerable with the amount of young players they brought in. Of, of course. You know, some of them have really hit the ground running and, you know, they're certainly doing a little bit better than uh, people expected. But, you know, it's a long, hard season as the World Cup, you know, let's say they lose four or five in a row. You know, how's that young team going to deal with that? Uh, you know, are, are their heads going to go down? There's only a, a couple of real proper pros in there like Ward Prowse and uh, Romeo, et cetera, et cetera. I just, you know, I do worry about them. A little bit. How do you see Everton, Villa, Palace? I'll, I'll give you those three teams. Um, Everton, I think they'll be all right, to be honest. I, I had them, I believe, uh, as my 18th place relegation pick, I think, in the pre-season prediction pod. I think I'm probably going to be wrong on that. They're another team that, that's won one game out of seven. Yeah. yeah, they've won one game out of seven. But yeah, you know... Unbeaten in five, they've only scored five goals, but then again, they've only conceded six. So it's not exactly great entertainment on the at Goodison Park, is it? But you know, the centre back partnership of Tarkovsky and Cody, I think, gives them a lot more stability at the back and, and strength at the back than they had last season. I think they'll be all right. They'll they just accumulate draws, the odd scrappy one goal win here and there. They'll lose a few along the way, but I think I think they'll be. They'll be all right. Um, Villa uh, can't see Gerard lasting too much longer. If um, if Agreed. their poor form continues, I think he's. If he loses the next two or three games, we could well see him get the sack and a new manager be brought in just before the World Cup. Um, uh, and then Palace uh, to see them down in sixteenth is a bit. I thought they're a bit higher than that. Um, I think is what I'm trying to say. You know, I think they've put in some decent performances so far this season. I like the team, the players, the manager. Um, I think they'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, they just haven't got, just lacking a couple of wins. They've played a game less than a lot of other teams. So um, I think if they got a win in that game in hand, they'd shoot up to kind of ninth, 10th, 11th and things would be looking up for them. I think they'll be fine. Yeah. And then Wolves, Nestled in that 17th, I think, under 2.5 favourites all season, I think yeah. uh, they will be. Um, that, and that's for sure. I mean, goals four, you know, they've only scored three all season. It's the joint lowest with the team below them in West Ham. But I couldn't see those two teams' fortunes being any opposite, to be honest. I think Wolves will hover around this 15th to 20th pretty much all season. And I think West Ham, whether it's under Moyes or whether it's somebody else, packed with quality. I mean, yeah. you know, Skamaka's a bit of an issue. Antonio, you know, how long can they rely on him to bang in the goals? But enough quality in Fornals and um, Bowen and Ben Rama, Paqueta now, West Ham yeah. will, will, will rise nicely, I think. Yeah. Definitely. Um, it'll be interesting to see how many managerial changes we get um, over the next few weeks. Because I think the World Cup is a 
that break that we're going to get is is a good time really to if you're going to break with a manager do it around the time of the world cup isn't it so they've got that period of settling in um albeit probably with a, a reduced amount of players to work with on the training ground because of world cup duties but um yeah you're looking at Bournemouth will get a new manager in, Villa potentially, uh, West Ham potentially, Forest potentially, Leicester potentially. It'd be interesting to see how many do do make that change. Mm. Yeah. Uh, then, yeah, let's talk about Forest. Um, I know we're in 19th, but I'm still feeling pretty confident, to be honest. I think we said, didn't we, at the, at the start of this season in our preview pod that for Forest, it's going to be a season of two halves because... We signed so many new players, which we had to do. It's going to take a number of weeks to to try them out for for Steve Cooper to find his best eleven, to find the best formation that suits the eleven. Um, and yeah, he's he's learning on the job, and we're losing games as it goes by. But the World Cup is going to be a fantastic break for him to work with the players and sort it out like a pre a second preseason almost, and then second half of the season. I feel like we can really kick on. I think the key for Forrest is to not get too detached by the time the World Cup starts. You don't want to be too detached. And I think you still want Steve Cooper in charge. Um, yeah. You know, Maranakis, obviously joint owner uh, with Olympiakos as well. Sacked Carlos Corberan after six weeks. Wasn't happy. Obviously, the expectations at Olympiakos are to win the league every single year and, and be in Champions League and they failed in their qualification process for the Champions League. But, you know, this guy's this guy's ruthless. He is. And he spent a lot of money on this project. I'm hoping that, you know, Steve can, can survive. But you have to be worried about, you know, the fact that against Everton, they took the lead, conceded almost immediately, you know, surrendered a lead against um, Bournemouth. Surrendered a lead against Fulham. That was three goals in six minutes for Fulham. It just seems that it seems that the players are a bit nervous and maybe a bit scared and maybe a bit, you know, oh God, here we go again. Um, that's not easy to turn around. Uh, I'm really not sure what to think about Forest at the moment. One one minute, one day I wake up and I think I can't see three teams worse than Forest in the league that I can confidently say we'll finish below them. Uh, and then other days, I think the same as you, mate, you know, there's time, believe in the manager, good players, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I think everything's going to be fine. So yeah, not sure on that one. And Leicester, Tom, Leicester are interesting because they've got players like James Madison, Yuri Tillemans, you know, name, any other of their, you know, international stars, NDD, Nacho, etc. But they they have real issues in terms of the fans feeling very detached from the club and they're feeling, you know, they didn't invest in the summer at all, obviously. You know, Danny Ward in goal clearly isn't good enough. He's getting a lot of stick at the moment. That seems like a bit more of a of an upset camp as opposed to the rest of the bottom three. Forest and West Ham. I mean, obviously West Ham, they should be absolutely furious, but you don't really get that sense from them. The fact they've won one in seven and they're third bottom, you, you get the sense that they've got faith in Moyes and they think it will turn around. But 
not the same at Leicester. No. Well, it's clear to see where the issue is, really, isn't it? Defensively, like you're mentioning, 22 goals conceded in just seven games. It's over three goals a game. Um, and, yeah, it, it's just so bad. It's just, And I feel like it's been like that for a while. Like, last season on the pod, we, we were week in, week out, going against Leicester or mentioning how bad Leicester were at the back, but capable of scoring goals. Um, I, I think, you know... The positive for Leicester, they can score goals and goals are what's going to win you games, obviously. So if you can sort out the defensive side, then you, you have the the players and the capability to to certainly score goals and win games and move up the league. Um, I feel like if they lose the next game to Forest, Rodgers will probably be gone and then yeah, they can have a absolutely. clean break and start again with a new manager who will hopefully turn the fortunes around. The one, the one thing I will say in Leicester's defence is they have conceded 22 goals. Their XG says that they should have conceded 12.75. That is a massive, massive difference. 9.25 goals worse off, which, you know, that can be down to many things. Wonder goals, slices of luck, individual mistakes. Like, that could be a lot of... But in terms of getting absolutely carved open, you know, and, and absolutely, you know, put to the sword, their XG is better off than Fulham's, who are currently in sixth. So mm. if you believe in the numbers, they're not doing that much wrong uh, at the back. Uh, whereas you look at Forest, Forest 13.92, their XG, like that's, there's big issues there. Of course, as a caveat, Forest have played Man City away and lost 6 0. Not everyone has played Man City away, but you get my point. The The numbers yeah. don't reflect what's going on at the back for Leicester. So you hope, if you're a Foxes fan or if you're a Foxes backer, that that uh, will even itself up. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so that is a little roundup. Uh, yeah, just want a, a quick word on uh, Matchbook. So as Tom mentioned, uh, we're going to now move into... The Tips, which is the regular part of the show. I hope you enjoyed that little segment. It filled 20-plus minutes or so of uh, of content for, for the Premier League uh, fans who listen in. But this will be kind of reverting back to type now and going through League 1 and League 2. And before we do so, it's important to remind you guys that Matchbook have an exclusive offer on at the moment. So TFB Podcast is your promo code. TFB Podcast. When you sign up for a new account, you can get up to 30 quid back as a free bet on your first bet. So, for example, let's look at Forest Green Exeter here. You know, you fancy Exeter to get the win on the road. You put your money down on Exeter to win. Forest Green beat him 2-1. Not in a normal case scenario. Obviously, you'd lose your money there. But you get that money back as a free bet to reinvest in something else if you uh, wish to do so. So, yeah, please support Matchbook and the pod uh, with that promo code. Uh, FTFB podcast, as in the football betting podcast. Yep, cool. Right, let's dive into what everybody who likes the EFL has probably been waiting for, some tips <laughs> for League One and League yeah. Two. Um, so I'll get this kicked off with one in League One. So we're pretty thin on the ground in this particular league. There's only uh, seven games. So I'm going to go for Barnsley and Charlton and this game to be both teams to score. 1.73 is the price for that. 
um, a lot of this is kind of leaning from a Charlton perspective. So Charlton have uh, only kept a clean sheet in one game so far in the league this season, and that was on the 6th of August at home to Derby. Um, other than that, they've conceded in every game since, but they have had both teams to score in seven of their nine games played so far this season. Um, head-to-heads between Barnsley and Charlton have also seen five of the last six games be both teams to score. So there's a lot of history in this fixture recently that suggests it can go the same way again. And uh, yeah, on those two factors, I'm going to go for another both teams to score here. Barnsley, I find a bit unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> they could concede three or score three. 100%. I'm still learning about them, to be honest with you. Uh, so I actually used the example, Tom, of Exeter beating Forest Green um, in when I was talking about the Matchbook promo. And I think I got, mm. it, got it a bit mixed up because I wanted to put Forest Green, um, <laughs> to, to be honest. So anyway, whatever. Maybe uh, X2 will win. Who knows? But we are looking at Forest Green uh, in 22nd to be Exeter, who are in 15th. It's a little, still a bit early to draw on those league table spots, but I like reading them out anyway. Uh, I think we're going to be back in Forest Green, Tom. Um, in terms of home form, it's not been pretty, to be honest, for Forest Green. It's just the one win uh, from five, but Exeter have also failed to win in four on the road. Uh, I think Exeter, I think they've been good, but I am very concerned over their last three results. So they beat MK Dons, who were struggling 1-0. By all accounts, pretty poor. Lost away to Shrewsbury 3-2 conceding three to Shrewsbury at the moment, not the best look. And then uh, Dino Manria, Tom, our old friend Dino, Hench Dino. Yes, Hench Dino. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen what he'd been saying, by the way? Uh, entering world's strongest man. Well, he was asked about being a manager and because everyone thought it was an interim role. And Dino said, I am the manager, full time. Like, it's my gig. And everyone was like, well, the, the statement was like current boss or like temporary boss or something at the moment or something like that. And Dino said, and I dread to think how this chat went, he basically told him off and said, yeah, I had a word with whoever wrote that. That's wrong. I'm the manager. <laughs> but but we haven't had like a press release or anything. Um, yeah. So I don't know what's going on there. Anyway, Dino's... Burton, whether he's manager or not, beat Exeter. So I'm a bit concerned about that. And then I look at Forest Green on the on the flip side, their last three. Beat Accrington at home. I like that. That's good. Drew away to Charlton. I like Charlton this season. I think they're all right. They lost at home to Morecambe 2-1. Uh, not overly pleased with that result. But I think Forest Green has shown enough in the, in the last few weeks to be worth backing. And also, I do absolutely... Love the price. Have you seen the price? Mm, looking at it now, yeah. 3.05. Yeah. 3. Yeah. It is the early kickoff, I will add, in League One. Um, it's live on TV. 3.05. Like, I will be yeah. lapping that up because, from in my mind, over the last three, FGR's uh, level has been way above Exeter's. 
Yeah, well, maybe the early kickoff curse will play into your favour in this particular instance then, because Forest Green are the outsiders, even though they're at home and they're playing pretty well. Um, yeah. You know, the early kickoff curse will ruin the backers of the favourites, which is Exeter. Lovely. Um, I've only got one more for League One because, like we say, we don't have much. And it's one that you're not going to like, I don't think. <laughs> um, I'm going to put out Peterborough at 1.86 at home to Port Vale. Um, I can see your face. Yeah, no, I'm not <laughs> having it. I'm not. But carry on. For anybody not watching on video, it, the face is one of disapproval. It's, just, it's <laughs> described as disgruntled. Um, I just believe that Peterborough's squad... And the team, especially the starting eleven, the forwards they get on the pitch, the attacking talent they've got, it's too good to not come good before long. Um, they've lost six in a row prior to beating Tottenham under 21s 3-0 at home um, in the Pizza Cup in midweek. Uh, I just think, you know, we've seen in their home league games so far this season, they've won 3-0, 2-0, 4-0 and lost 1-0 most recently to Fleetwood. So, if that 3-0 win in midweek, where Grant McCann played a pretty much full-strength squad to try and get a bit of confidence back into the team, hopefully that's done its job because they won pretty comfortably. If they're at it, they're 100%, beats Port Vale's 100% every day of the week for me, especially Peter being at home. Um, so, I'm confident, semi-confident. <laughs> That they can get back on the wagon this weekend and uh, and get on the you know get another three points on the board. Um, if it was away from home, I wouldn't be tipping Peterborough whatsoever. But because it's at home, I feel a lot more confident in them. They can find some form again. I'm just al- because oh, go on. I'm just alarmed at the performance levels. It's not the losses. Obviously, the losses are not good, but the performance levels from Peterborough, they're miles off it miles off it like night and day from the start of the season when we were backing them and absolutely loving it so i what people are going to wake up one morning and you know click back into gear maybe but i don't know i i need to see how they're going to navigate this game against a sticky port vale team like you know i know you you haven't been disrespectful but you know let's not be disrespectful to uh Port Vale, they're sticky. They give people a game. So, yeah, um, just not ready to back them yet. No, that's fair enough, mate. I'll tell you what I am ready to back, though, and that is Bristol Rovers, Accrington, Stanley, both teams to score. It's mainly Bristol Rovers, Tom, to be honest with you. Uh, Seven games since their last clean sheet. And obviously, this has gathered some momentum and some headlines because they lost 6-3 at home to Lincoln uh, in their last match day. Uh, just out of those seven games, Tom, they've conceded more than one in five of them. So a huge issue for Joey Barton and mm. uh, Bristol Rovers at the moment. And then Aki Stanley, just, just capable of scoring goals. Like nothing leaping off the page in terms of you know, they're not the top scorers in the league or they haven't slapped anyone, you know, 5-6-0 recently. But just middle of the road, good, average XG, average goal-scoring form, 
you know they they've they've done well. Uh, Sean McConville, Evergreen, uh, getting their last goal. I actually genuinely forgot that he was still playing. To be honest with you, one point six four is the price for both teams to score. Obviously, it's it's a little short compared to my last tip at three point zero five. But uh, yeah, fancy it just exactly the same. Yeah, I like that, mate. Um, any more in League One for you? Or shall we move to League Two? Uh, currently, price unavailable. Um, but I did flirt with Plymouth Ipswich under 2.5. Uh, Plymouth haven't conceded at home yet this season. They're the last team in the top four uh, professional English divisions to do so. Uh, in terms of clean sheets, both have kept five clean sheets, 55% uh, of their games this season. Uh, and yeah, in terms, of, uh, in terms of conceding at least one goal the numbers are pretty good as well. Ipswich, unbeaten all season. I think it will be a tight, cagey affair um, and one I'm actually really looking forward to. Yeah. Um, right, so uh, moving into League Two then, I'll get us kicked off with the old favourites, Northampton Town. They're at home to Stockport County. Uh, Northampton priced fairly decently, I'd say. Uh, they're 2.38 for the victory at home. Uh, this is a Northampton side who have played five home games in the league and they've won four of them. And in those wins, they've scored uh, three goals on three occasions. Stockport, on the other hand, just still struggling, aren't they? Um, they've lost all four away games they've played so far this season. They have also lost all four with both teams scoring. So that could be another angle to look into here. Uh, either the both teams to score or Northampton to win and both teams to score. Um, yeah, they've lost away to Stevenage, Doncaster, Mansfield and Crawley. So I'd say aside from Crawley, they've played some fairly tough sides so far in the early stages of this league. But um, yeah, another tough game ahead at Northampton and nothing that their away form has done so far this season lends me to think that they're going to start turning their season around uh, this weekend. Yep, I'm into it, mate. Uh, I think Northampton are one of the most standout uh, bets that we've got available to us for this weekend. But the most standout for me is Bradford City. Uh, they are at home to AFC Wimbledon, uh, the Bantams. Oh. Hey? Is this the year? Is this the year? It is the year. I'm telling you now. It is the year. 1.78 uh, the Bantams are priced at. Uh, Tom, I, I just want to read something out to you, and I'm going to credit the source. Uh, so this is from a Twitter account called at Lower Tears, L-O-W-E-R-T-I-E-R-S. Uh, we as the pod, we follow them. Great, great stuff. Uh, really good statistical EFL uh, graphics that are really nice. So I'm going to read you out a list of the top four. Um, minutes per league goal in Europe. This is all of the top five English leagues and the EFL. They have to have scored six goals or more. Top is Erling Haaland. I don't know if you've heard of him. 52 minutes per goal. The next is somebody called Robert Lewandowski with 56 minutes per goal. In fourth, so I've skipped a spot, is Neymar Jr. of uh, Paris Saint-Germain with 77 minutes per goal. 
lodged in third is Andy Cook of Bradford City. Andy. <laughs> 67 minutes per goal. Uh, Andy Cook has a better strike record than Kylian Mbappe at the moment. Uh, and then a couple of names who I'm not familiar with for Betis and obviously top of the Bundesliga, Union Berlin. But my point is, he's got eight in nine. Is it sustainable? No, probably not. But it does give you, you know, you want to be with that guy rather than against him. Let's be honest. Um, Bradford won four in a row. And they've won three and drew two and lost zero at home this season. Um, I'm just really impressed their last two, uh, sorry, their last three results overall and their last two home results. So they beat Warsaw at home 2-1. Tom, I think me and you kind of like Warsaw this season. Uh, they're, they're competitive. They beat Tranmere 2-1 away. Now, Tranmere are transitional in terms of their approach this season, but decent. And they beat Stevenage, Tom, who we're really hot on, 3-0 at home. Men against boys, by all accounts. And Wimbledon, you know, just that one win on the road out of five. They look like... Bradford looked like the Hungry Lion and, and Wimbledon looked like the Limping Gazelle to me, to be honest with you. Yeah, I can definitely see that one coming in. I had that one written down myself. Um, I didn't think it was too bad of a price either for Bradford because we've seen some teams already this season be pretty short in League Two. You know, we're talking 1.5s, 1.6s, so... You know, just under one point eight for Bradford. Some of the too bad at some of the Stockport prices at the start of the season. Absolute joke. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, mad. Yeah, joke. Um, and we're still seeing some of the after effects of that now because that. What did I say? Northampton two point three eight. Yeah. I think I said. Yeah. Um, and that's a generous price for Northampton, but Agreed. it's because they're playing Stockport. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll carry on profiting on that one anyway. But yeah, I like that Bradford price and tip. Uh, just one more for me to uh, round up my tips for this weekend. Uh, it is Stevenage at home to Harrogate. Pretty obvious one um, for me here. Stevenage, this is going back to last season. Um, they've won seven league games at home on the spin now. So they're creating quite the fortress at home. Um, they're already doing very well this season as it is. They're in fourth place in the league. They've won six out of their nine games. And I could see them getting another victory this weekend. Sorry. Price at 1.62 um, at home to Harrogate. So, yeah. Um, Harrogate struggling. They're in 19th. Six out of their nine games, they've failed to get on the score sheet. Um, so, they're having a pretty poor season. No wins in the last six. So, I think this is a tough, tough place to go um, as those stats confirm and yeah the price reflects that really Steven should get another victory it'll probably be to nil against a struggling Harrogate side yeah yeah huge on that one uh, and then the only one that I flirted with I'm not going to read it out I think I've bottled it uh, was Mansfield away at Crew. I really did like the look of Mansfield <laughs> I didn't quite realise how decent Crew were at home quite low margin stuff from them to be honest with you but you know three wins in five and a draw means they've only lost one at Gretzi Road this season obviously Courtney Baker-Richardson getting a lot of plaudits this season 
uh, with five and nine. And, and Daniel Adji finally looking like he's found a home uh, with three and nine himself. They're looking potent. I wouldn't be surprised if Mansfield won this game. I think they're the better team. And I think they'll go on and achieve more. And, you know, their manager's better. And, yeah, everything points towards Mansfield. But I didn't quite realise how good crew were at home. So I tried to make the sensible decision, Tom, of, of leaving that one behind. I do, yeah, I do like that one. Wouldn't surprise me if Mansfield won. Uh, and according to uh, our friends at Odd Alerts, who also do sponsor the podcast, Mansfield are classed as a value bet. So mm. the odds that the bookies are offering for Mansfield compared to what the Odd Alerts algorithms say the, the true odds should actually be uh, based on performances, statistics, whatever the models calculated upon. Yeah, Mansfield are, are a good value bet for this weekend. Yeah, fortune favours the brave. Yeah. But please gamble responsibly. Um, right that's that then is it so we'll recap last week's treble and give you this week's treble yeah last week's was absolutely agonizing to be honest with you like one of one of the harder losses to take this season um Mm. yeah we had Leighton Orient against Walsall they got the job done they won 1-0 uh, we had Northampton Town against Rochdale. That one was was as straightforward as we thought it would be with a 3-0. And then Tranmere uh, rocked up to Salford, 1-1-0. Salford hit the post. But to be honest with you, I probably didn't deserve to win. I'd say a draw might have been fair. That might be harsh on Tranmere. Tranmere had barely any ball, barely any territory and all that good stuff. But when you watch the highlights, it's Tranmere with the big chances. So, fair play to them. They won 1-0. They scuffed the, the pod treble. And uh, we're, we're looking out for revenge, huh, Tom? Yeah, scrambling for revenge, I think. It's been a tough old start for the season. It has. Um, in terms of trebles, hasn't it? It's been, uh, yeah, it's been our toughest start I think we've ever had in about five years of the pod. But we're having fun. We are in fun, and that's the why we say gamble responsibly. You know, these are just our three picks. Um, you know, we don't go staking stupid amounts on these, please. No, no. Um, keep it fun. Um, so for this week's one, hopefully this is the week. I know you keep putting a tweet out saying this is the week every every hey, week. This is the week. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it gets to the point where it's so bad, you just got to kind of just laugh at, and you know how. <laughs> How we keep corrupting and cursing one team, it seems to be, every single week. Yeah, I'm going to start, um, as a Forest fan, I'm just going to start putting Derby in the treble every week so they lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so we're going to go for tried and trusted Northampton at home to Stockport. Uh, then we're going to go for Bradford at home to AFC Wimbledon and also Stevenage at home to Harrogate. Uh, current best odds on this treble are found at 7.41. So... It's a pretty tasty treble again this weekend in terms of odds, all taken from League Two, all home sides, literally all the sides that we've picked for this treble occupy um, three of the top five spots in League Two. So This is the week. Surely this is the this week. This is the week. This is the week. Come on. Well, Come on. Uh, this is also the week that we can recap Fancy football uh, for the first time in two shows. So obviously not a full slate of Premier League football, but points were 
well, by some people, points were made. Um, <laughs> do you remember when I was, I think I was, where was I, 11th? I won in the yeah, top yeah. 10. I'm now 266th. So, wow, you've had a fall from grace. Yeah, my head hurts. Where are you? 200th. Yeah, so not great. <laughs> not great from the pair of us, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, teams in the league, 316. So, you know, st- that's great. Yeah, so that makes me feel a bit better. <laughs> a bit better. <laughs> um, top 10, warrant uh, reverse order, I must add. Warren Torch, Michael Tomlinson, George Keogh, Shane Ryan, Sammy Walton, Daniel O'Reilly, Dennis Sheehy, Toby Miranda, Dan Pinsker, and Sean Kinsler. Sean's top at the moment with a 12-point lead with the Kenosha Kickers. Uh, he had Isak as his captain, 18, Harland and Kane up front. I mean, that's that's good enough as it is. I've not even got on to the midfield and defence, etc. 68 points. Oh, he played his free hit as well. That worked out. Good for you, mate. Yeah. Um, I played my free hit as well. How many points do you get? 66. Oh, um, maybe that's the trick. Could have been a lot more if I, did, if I didn't leave Saliba on the bench. Well, that's why you're 200, to be honest. Well, Not 100. I thought, Brentford, I thought Brentford would be a tricky game. I thought they'd at least concede. Right. Uh, nice, but, nice yeah. kick around with the boys, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, anyway, fantasy football's crap. Let's move on. Um, <laughs> if you have enjoyed the show, guys, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts and follow us on social media. Right, Tom? Yeah, uh, T underscore FB podcast is the place to be. Uh, we're sharing happiness we're sharing tears we're recapping uh tips and teams together we're putting out midweek twitter tips when there's a, a schedule and a slate that allows it and is worth our time rather than the johnson's paint trophy or papa john's or whatever it's well, they don't sponsor us so it doesn't matter what what we call it uh, but yeah t underscore fb podcast to join in the fun brilliant um, yeah, we'll be back with a normal show next week with Premier League, Championship League, One League 2 back. But yeah, hopefully you've enjoyed this week's episode. Something a little bit different at the start of the show. Um, as ever, let us know your bets that you've got on for the weekend if you're back in ours, your own, and if you get any winners. So we'll see you again same time next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>